Hello, welcome to this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Thursday to you all this June 4th, day 80, whatever, of the quarantine. Um, today is also my dad's birthday. He's 57 today. Pretty uh, nuts that he's almost 60. So that's a 22, 57. So 35-year difference. Okay, I'm just going to stop rambling. But still, you know, June 4th is always a special day. You know, I get to celebrate with my dad. That'll be a bit later on for dinner. I think he's making a prime rib tonight for his birthday. So that's just absolutely outstanding. Um, throw out just a little announcement. Look for a Hockey Jeopardy episode from Locked On Ducks. Jason Hernandez, who is the wonderful host of Locked On Ducks, invited me, Sean Woodley, and Sarah, oh my god, if I mispronounce her name, I'm just going to look like an idiot. Uh, Avampado, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. Jeez, if I mispronounced her name, I would never hear the end of it for Sarah. I would also probably never be allowed to go on the Locked On NHL um, show again, the national show, I should say. Yeah, she would probably crucify me. But no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I got my ass handed to me. There were some questions on there that were pr- pr- pretty difficult. There were some that I tried to buzz in, but you know, Sean, you know, of Locked On Raptors, who... Uh, is my boss? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's he's my boss. I guess you can call him that. He oversees everyone at uh, Lockdown NHL. Just a wonderful human he is. As is Jason and Sarah. But uh, yeah, he was he was kicking some serious ass. As was Sarah. But yeah, I mean, I got my ass handed to me. That was uh, when you guys listen to it. Uh, I probably only got four questions right, and that might be being generous. It was just bad, you know. I got one about uh, Milan Lucic. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil the whole thing, but um, it was it was really fun to do. Um, at the end, you know, we all decided, you know, we're going to donate some of the, some of the money to charity. So I think it'll be $44 each for the four of us because I believe the, there were 22 questions that were correct from all the questions. So 22 times 2 is 44. And then 44 times 4, uh, 176. So that'll be a total of $176 to charity to support um, the, the current movement that's going on right now in this country for the Black Lives Matter movement. Just, it was, that was awesome to be a part of. I'm really happy that we all can donate some money and, you know, just help, help fix this because, you know, the status quo is just, it's not acceptable right now. Change needs to happen, like I said on my episode on Monday. And, you know, hopefully if people can keep protesting and keep uh, demanding for change, changes will happen. I, I said on Monday, I really do think changes will happen if we just, we keep speaking out and everything. I did, we all, of course, you saw yesterday Sidney Crosby released a statement uh, through the Penguins' official Twitter page, but also through his foundation that he runs. He says, you know, what happened to George Floyd cannot be ignored. Racism that exists today in all forms is not acceptable. While I'm not able to relate to the discrimination that black and minority communities face daily, I will listen and educate myself on how I can help make a difference together. We will find solutions through necessary dialogue and a collective effort. So, you know, really great statement from Sidney Crosby. You know, I know Sid doesn't usually do this kind of stuff. You really don't see him just talk at all through social media because, you know, he doesn't have social media to begin with, but still, um, really awesome to see Sidney Crosby release a statement about this. You know, the, the one thing I've always said about Sidney Crosby, you know, his his actions speak louder than his words. Um, he donates to all kinds of charities. He does really outstanding stuff off the ice. You know, donated about 100,000 meals just a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's donated hockey equipment to, you know, underrepresented Nova Scotia communities. He just does all kinds of stuff. I'm sure... He will have some donations here with charities to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's just it's just who he is. He's just an outstanding person off the ice. So always remember, guys, when it comes to New Crosby, his actions will always speak louder than his words. I would very much expect him to be heavily involved in donations and just giving to charity to support this cause. But with that said, uh, we do have a very, this was a very special day in Penguins history, June 4th, 2009. 
Uh, this was game four of the Stanley Cup final against the Detroit Red Wings. You know, this was uh, the, the pivotal game, I would say, in that Stanley Cup final. You know, NHL Pens, um, follow him on Twitter, NHL Pens. Always has been posting, you know, the 11 years ago today, you know, four years ago today. He's been posting all these videos of what this day in Penguins history means with all the videos. Um, I don't need to – I played these clips before on the podcast, so I honestly really don't need to play them again. But, you know, just seeing how the Penguins were able to, you know, score first in that game and then tie the game. That, that Jordan Stahl goal, man, that's one of the top three most important goals of that Stanley Cup run for the Penguins. I mean, that, that changed that series against Detroit. You know, I was telling one of my buddies on Twitter – earlier today um you know that it was looking a lot a lot like it was going to be just like 2008 the red wings were up two to one second period you know they're kind of coat they're, they're coasting towards a, a 3-1 series lead penguins really aren't generating anything and then red wings get a power play and it's like oh shit here we go and then jordan Stahl just gets that puck and i mean he goes around brian rafalski i mean brian rafalski was one of the most underrated defensemen i think i've ever watched i mean Cindy Crosby even echoed that while talking to um, Ryan Whitney last summer and Paul Bizonette. Um, you know, while also saying, of course, that Nick Lidstrom is the best defenseman he ever um, played against, which, I mean, that's a given considering Nick Lidstrom is one of the best defensemen in NHL history. But Brian Rafalski was just so good. Stall with, you know, just the way he was able to have that puck on his backhand, get around Rafalski, and then fire it past Osgood while he's just so deep in his net. I mean, he was playing really deep there. Um, I, I still don't know why he was. Chris Osgood turned into kind of a pumpkin a lot of times in that series. But still, I mean, that goal to tie the game up, it just, that that was the turning point in that series. You know, that, that was the moment where I said, you know what? They can do this. They can beat this team. I know they beat them in game three, uh, just like they did in 2008 to cut the series deficit to two games to one. But, you know, they needed to win that game four. And then you, of course, have the Crosby and Malkin goal to make it three to two, which blew the doors off Mellon Arena. And then, you know, that perfect passing play with Kunitz, Crosby, Kennedy um, to make it 4-2 to two in the second period, that massive three-goal outburst in that period. And then, of course, there were no goals scored in the third period. But, you know, that like that just that stall goal, one of the most important goals in Penguins history, uh, top three goal of that um, run for the Penguins. I just I really just cannot get enough of it. June 4th was also the day that there was Game 3 of the Penguins-Sharks Stanley Cup Final. That was the game that Jonas Donskoy scored in overtime. Was it a 3-2 final? Yeah, the Penguins were really close to going up 3-0 in that series. I always forget, you know, if it wasn't for Martin Jones um, in that game and then Game 5, I mean, the Penguins probably, like I said, they they win that series in probably five games. Martin Jones stole a couple of those games. I mean, easily Game 5, but, you know, Game 3, he was really, really good as well. The Penguins, I thought, played pretty well in that game. And, you know, overtime is also a crapshoot, you know, first team to score wins. So sometimes you get lucky. And that was also real. I remember that shot by Don Scoy, just a hell of a shot on top cheese on Murray. Um, wasn't a lot of room, but he was able to find it. Moved a little bit of fire, you know, into the Sharks. But, you know, we all know what happened in game four. Eric Fair got that monster goal. You know, we had the power play goal, I think, by Malkin to go up 2-1. Then, of course, yeah, like I said, Eric Fair made it 3-1. Then, you know, I remember the, uh, the Mario Lemieux reaction after that. It was just awesome with his wife, Natalie, at the game. Well, all right, you know, on to some other stuff today in Penguins history. Let's see here. Uh, um, let's see. Okay, 2012, Penguins acquired Tom- goaltender Tomas Vokun from the Capitals. That was a seventh-round pick. Wow, what a trade that turned out to be, folks. Uh, Tomas Vokun was just absolutely incredible um, in that next uh, year's playoffs. You know, of course, taking over for Marc-Andre Fleury, who had another shit fit against the Islanders. Uh, ended up winning that series. 
Penguins owned the Ottawa Senators. I mean, I think Flurry could honestly have been in for that series against the Senators because the Penguins just steamrolled them. And then we all, I felt bad for him with the uh, the Ruins because he, I actually thought he was playing pretty well. But the Penguins, they were just they were so taken off their game against the Bruins. It was unbelievable. And also, you know, today on 2008, um, this was Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final, but against the Detroit Red Wings, they lost three to two and they were eliminated. So, so we have that. <laughs> we hate to see that. And then we already talked about the 2000. 9-1. In 1981, Randy Carlar won the Norris as a, as a Penguin, and then Rick Kehoe won the Lady Bing Trophy for the Penguins. Uh, one more thing. On this day in 1984, they replaced their head coach Lou Angotti with Bob Barry. Angotti won only 16 games in his only season behind the bench for the Penguins. So, folks, that is apparently it is that was a 238 winning percentage. That's the lowest for any Penguins coach in their franchise history. So, um, uh, you hate to see that for poor Blue and Gaudi at 238 winning percentage. Man, that is uh that is that is tragic. And also remember, you know, this show is brought to you by Built Bar. And speaking of Built Bar, just remember that Built Bar, they are tasty. They are protein bars that taste like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. They're covered in 100 percent chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They my favorite flavor, I keep saying it, the peanut butter brownie, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams of sugar, three grams of nut carbs. We still have that offer. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get ten dollars off your first order. That's promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. All right, so we're back here on the Locked On Penguins podcast. We did today have some NHL news for you. In case you guys did not see it, I will share this news for you guys right now. Elliot Friedman t- tweeted this during the day. So the NHL, the NHLPA, they wanted to have some more negotiations regarding the return to play format. One of the big things, you know, was this going to be a bracket setup like March Madness, or was it going to be uh, the teams will be reseeded after the play-in series? Well, the players won out on this one. The teams will be reseeded after the play-in series. So say Montreal does beat the Penguins or the Blackhawks do beat the Oilers, they'll go up against the number one seed, whether that's, you know, in the West, that's St. Louis or Colorado or someone else, or in the East, you know, it's Boston or Tampa. Um, You know, again, that's the right thing to do. Um, If you guys listened to the episode with uh, Josh Yowie and Chad from last week, they both agreed that it was silly. You know, I've been on that bandwagon train for a long time, you know. I've always said it, you know, I'll say it again. I said it last week. Um, the NHL is not March Madness. The March Madness is a one-of-a-kind thing. You know, you have 64 teams. You see the 1 through 16, 8 versus 9, 7 versus 10, 2 versus 15, whatever. It's chaos. It's one game. It works because March Madness has always worked. It's one of the best things to come during the sports year. You see so many upsets. But, you know, the NHL is not March Madness. It will never be like that. You know, that's it's just that the spectacle of March Madness needs to remain just by itself you know you shouldn't have a 12 seed having to go up against the four seed in a bracket system or you know whatever other ones will be in the bracket system you know the 12 versus 4 one is the first thing that comes to mind just because of how stupid it is but so the players went on on that that's very good but also some more news came out um so after the playing series the all the four of the playoff series will be best of seven um you guys know my thoughts on that situation um i think the first two series should be best of five i understand why people would be against that we all know the nhl is very random there's so much randomness that goes into it sport has the most parody you know anything can happen seven game series are already as short as they are like i said i get that i 100 percent understand that viewpoint i just think that you know with the playoffs potentially going over 60 days um and you know there's there's a chance that you know we could have a second wave of covid19 coming by the fall um i just i think it would be 
prudent for them to kind of get this over with as quick as possible. I, I get it. You know, the players, I'm sure, push for best of seven all before the series because it gives them more like a chance to come back. Say if you go down 2-0, you know, you still have more time to come back as opposed to in the best of five. You know you have to win three straight to win. You don't, you don't have to win um, three straight in the best seven, but you know you have to win four out of five, which is still very, very tough um, as it is. But still, like I said, I get it. I just think if they if, to make it shorter, because I think there might be a second wave of this coming, they could have just done what uh, Major League Baseball does. I mean, I know MLB is in a shit show right now because the owners are just being complete morons. But you know, one thing they do do right is the division series is the best of five, and then they have their pennant series, and then the World Series best of seven. You know, that's how I would have done it. The NHL, you know, the first two series, best of five, and then the conference championship and the Stanley Cup final best of seven because that's how, how it should be done. You know, there's just no other way um, to go about that. But um, I think we also have phase two potentially coming at the end of this week. There was a report from Eric Francis, uh, Calgary Famous Board, that uh, apparently he was hearing that the tra- training camps may not open until the beginning of August, which, of course, you know, sparks some discussion, according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN. You know, she, she writes about the league there with Greg Wojcicki. She, she said... She asked Bill Daly. He said further delaying the opening of training camp is also not being discussed or considered. So, I mean, I guess that was washed out there pretty quick. Also, um, let's see here. There's another thing I thought they announced here. Oh, yeah, here it is. So the, the one thing they did agree on. So the top four seeds in each conference will be determined by the results of the three-game round robin with regular season points percentage serving as a tiebreaker if needed. Again, um, there's a lot of things in this format that I think a lot of people can be talked into. You know, you'd be like, okay, you know, this works. You know, I understand why they're doing it. I will forever never understand why they're doing this round robin thing. I mean, three games. And so, a team, well, so say like Boston, you know, we talked about this last week with Josh and Chad. So say Boston goes 0-3. Oh, so they're just the four seed now after being almost 10 points up on the second place team in the Eastern Conference during the regular season before it was paused. Explain to me how that's fair. You know, I mean, like, it's just, it, it's just, it's not fair. <laughs> like, I mean, I can see the point, you know, for St. Louis and Colorado because, you know, Colorado, I think is what, two points behind the Blues right now. So, you know, that makes sense. But, you know, I, I think what they should do, and this was actually, a, someone actually suggested this and I happen to agree with it. I think it was under a tweet from Scott Wheeler. I'm trying to find the tweet right now. So this, so it was actually some the guy's name is uh, Cole Hurlbert. Uh, on Twitter, the Cole Hurlbert. Jeez, I cannot speak today, everyone. So his idea was this. I actually really like this. So is there a good reason why you wouldn't just take the points earned in the round robin and then add it to the the locked-in four teams' current point total? Um, Yes, like that actually makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, teams would have to really, really play catch-up. So um, I think in that scenario, though, wouldn't the Bruins still have the top seed locked if the Lightning are eight points behind them. I think they can only get two within two points in them. So I think in that scenario, if they made the the, the the wins two points, the Bruins would still have the number one seed, or also they can make it three points. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a chance. I think if the Lightning would go 3-0 and the Bruins would go 0-3, um, they would leapfrog them by um, just a point. So, I mean, they could do that, but still, you know, it still gives the Bruins a big advantage to get the number one seed, as they should have it. They earned it during the regular season. They were going to win the President's Trophy. That's a really, really good idea. Hell, I didn't even think of that going into this, but when I saw that tweet, I was like, wow, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense. And, you know, like he says um, in his tweet as well, you know, it also provides the way for some of the other teams to move around a bit. So, you know, you know, maybe the Flyers could jump up to number two, the Caps could jump up to number two, Lightning can slide down, Caps could slide down, whatever, but still mostly have the Bruins being the number one seed. Again, I think that's a really, really good idea. 
Sucks I didn't bring that up, but I'm glad this Twitter user did, and I happen to very much agree with them. Um, give give Scott Wheeler a follow, though, for all things NHL. He is one of, I think, one of the more underrated follows on NHL Twitter. His uh, Twitter is Scott C. Wheeler. Um, you know, he, he even said as well, you know, I don't know how they thought this was a good idea. Well, Scott, you know, it's the NHL. You know, they're, they're full of bad ideas all the time. The round robin thing is just so stupid. But, you know, as Cole said, you know, they could make it work in theory if they just, you know, take the points earned during the regular season. And then, you know, you just you add it to like the round robin. I, I, I spoke that backwards. Take the points from the round robin and add it to the regular season point totals from those teams. I, I just I'm sorry, guys. I cannot speak today. But, you know, I wish the NHL made sense, but, you know, they, they never really do. You know, can't wait for the outrage if the Penguins uh, beat the Montreal Canadiens and then they may have to face the Boston Bruins in the 4v5 matchup. Yep, can't wait for that. All right, so just to finish up here for this Locked on Penguins episode, um, we did have uh, some more Penguins news today. Um, some unfortunate news, but good thing the player is okay. So apparently a Penguins player... Um, today has tested positive for the coronavirus, or he did test positive, but apparently he is okay now. The statement reads as follows. The Penguins were advised today that a player tested positive for coronavirus. The player is not in Pittsburgh and has been in isolation at his home since first experiencing symptoms. He is recovered and feeling well. Those in close contact with the player leading up to his diagnosis have been notified. The health and safety of our players, fans, staff, and community remains our highest priority. The club will have no further update at this time. Um, we probably will never find out who this player is that got the coronavirus. I think a couple Senators players um, tested positive as well. I think it was about, what, a month and a half ago. I don't really think we ever got word of who those players were. So like I said, I really don't think the Penguins are going to allow um, this player that got the coronavirus to get leaked, um, this information. Yeah, it's just, they they, they will not tell that to reporters. I 100% guarantee that. I, I would be pretty shocked if any of the reporters found out. But, you know, we do know that a lot of the Penguins players decided, I think, to stay in Pittsburgh. We all know Sidney Crosby did. Uh, Brian Ross and Zach Aston reese are living together. Chris Letang, I believe, is there. Um, I think Matt Murray returned to Pittsburgh just a few days ago. I think he was doing an Instagram Live today um, with, I think he was doing an interview with someone, and he basically said, yeah, he got back to Pittsburgh about a week ago because they're getting ready to go to Phase 2, and he's ready to get on the ice. Um, so, you know, I really don't know who this player was, but I'm just glad the player is okay. They're healthy. They're at home isolating from everyone. They're quarantining. So, you know, thank God for that. In the replies to the tweet, um, Bo Bennett, uh, of course, he played for the Penguins and uh, has always been cursed injury-wise. He put the uh, the eye emoji because he's like, oh, I'm wondering who this is. And, of course, you know, <laughs> Godspeed, Bo Bennett. I hope you're doing well. We all know how injured he was during his time in Pittsburgh. And, you know, Bo, one, for once, you know, you're innocent. You're not you're not injured here as a Penguin. <laughs> But yeah, you know, like I said, I'm glad the players are okay, glad they're recovered and they're doing well, glad they're isolating and hopefully we'll be good to go when the season starts. But, you know, as I've always said, the thing in all this, you know, just making sure the players are all healthy. You know, I really hope this Penguin player and everyone around the league that has tested positive for the coronavirus and all players in general, even who don't have it or have not gotten it, you know, that I hope that they're all healthy, they're all being safe and everything like that. So I think that may do it for this episode of Locked On Penguins. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, like I said, you know, look for the Locked On uh, Doug's podcast with the Hockey Jeopardy where I get my ass absolutely handed to me where I only answered not even five questions, guys. You, you, If you guys listen to that, you can count the number of questions I answered correctly on one hand. But, you know, and all, it, like I said, it was a lot of fun with Jason, Sean, and Sarah, you know, just all donating to charity to support this cause. And, you know, it was all in good fun. Hopefully next time when I get invited back, I'll actually win this. Hell, I hope <laughs> I hope to answer more than like four questions or whatever the hell it was.
because man, that was just awful. But you know, like I said, we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And we will talk to you tomorrow on yet another Friday. It is almost here, you know, along with the weekend. And I am just so excited. So like I said, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for listening.